Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. As children, falls were an inevitable part of learning to walk, and we bounce back quickly. Alas, the same cannot be said for when we age. Falls for older adults can diminish the ability to lead active and independent lives. The statistics are alarming. One in three people aged 65 and older will report at least one fall a year. Of those, 20 to 30 percent sustain a serious injury that can increase their risk of early death. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, we'll talk to physical therapist Mindy Renfro. A geriatric specialist, Mindy has worked with the Center for Disease Control's expert panel on falls and focuses on fall risk assessment and programs for fall prevention. As always, input from our guests is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. With that, here's our interview with Mindy Renfro. Mindy, from the time we learn to walk, we quickly learn that if we fall, we can hurt ourselves, but... When we fall when we're young, we get right back up with a few bumps and bruises usually. What does it mean to fall when we're older? What's the impact? You know, the statistics on falls and the impact they have on older adults is somewhat alarming. We know that one out of three people aged 65 and over will report a fall each year. However, we've got to remember that most falls go unreported. Of those that fall, 20 to 30% will sustain a serious injury that will impact their ability to live independently and increases risk of early death. 90% of hip fractures occur during a fall, and about a quarter of those that fall and fracture their hip will die within a year. Older adults are hospitalized for fall-related injuries five times more often than they are for injuries from other causes. And in 2009, emergency departments treated 2.4 million non-fatal fall injuries among older adults. More than 662,000 of these patients had to be hospitalized. So the impact from falls is almost hard for us to get our heads around. It's huge. You've obviously outlined in that answer some of the worst-case scenarios, death being one of them, obviously. But even less than that, if someone falls and breaks their hip, even in a best-case scenario, if somebody who's 65 and older, if they have a broken hip, that's seriously debilitating, right? I mean, that's going to be a long recovery, correct? Yes, and only about 30% of people who fall and are injured regain their previous level of function. So most people will have a lifelong impact. You mentioned 65 and over, but what's the point at which someone becomes at risk for falls? Is it then? Is it earlier? We can start to see an increase in falls as early as age 40, and that's about when we start to track them, at least in our state, through the behavioral risk factors system. But we're all at risk for falls. There's no one defined moment that we are not at risk and then become at risk. The changes that are commonly associated with aging increase that risk. Our balance system requires interaction between our sensory system, which is our ability to feel things, see, hear, taste, our motor system, which is not only our muscular strength, but also our coordination, along with our cognition, our ability to think and process and problem solve. So as we age, 
some parts of each of these systems are affected that impact our balance overall and result in a higher fall risk. If we have chronic diseases such as diabetes or hypertension that affect these systems even more, then our risk increases from that input as well. Beyond that, are there, you mentioned those two conditions, are there anything else that can increase the falls risk, either as a lifestyle change or anything like that? Oh, certainly. There are many factors other than age that can put you at greater risk. As we age, our risk increases, and it increases four to five times when we hit age 75. Women are at higher risk than men, but when men fall, they are more likely to die from a fall. If you've fallen in the past six months, your fall risk increases sharply again. Higher physical activity is protective, but being sedentary seriously increases your fall risk. Taking more than four prescription drugs regularly increases fall risk with certain cardiovascular and or psychotropic drugs being the most dangerous. Missing a dose of some drugs or inadvertently doubling up on doses of other drugs can pose serious fall risk. Medication dispensers are important to consider. Feeling dizzy increases your fall risk severely and needs to be diagnosed and treated. Many home safety issues can increase fall risk. Being depressed and or fearful of falling both increase your fall risk. Being socially active is protective, but being isolated raises fall risk significantly again. Being incontinent and having to rush to the bathroom, especially at night, can be a safety concern. Something as simple as wearing multifocal glasses, which many of us go to in our 40s, and or not getting good eye care, also increase fall risk. And of course, environmental issues increase fall risk, whether we're at home or in the community. We need to avoid ice, slick, sandy, uneven, or unpredictable surfaces, of course, but we also have to clean up the clutter at home. Alcohol use, smoking, and other distractors, such as cell phones, have all been associated with a higher fall rate. Now, I can take all of those and I can sort of do the flip side in my mind and say, okay, if clutter in the home is going to increase my fall risk, I need to reduce clutter and therefore avoid falls. But beyond that, when you're talking about maintaining balance and things of that nature, what can someone do to proactively address their risk of falling? Well, there's quite a few things, actually, in addition to just abating the fall risks we just talked about. Due to the Affordable Care Act, prevention services are now covered at 100%, and this includes fall prevention. So you can make an appointment with your primary care doc and or a physical therapist for a fall prevention visit. You can call your pharmacist and ask to meet with them to review all of your medications, bring all of your meds, your supplements, your diet restrictions, and have them all reviewed together. He or she may be able to work with your primary care doctor to decrease your fall risk by adjusting medication regimens. You can get your eyes checked every year. Consider getting rid of the multifocal lenses and have your eyes checked for glaucoma, cataracts, and macular degeneration before you know about it. You can make simple changes in your home. Probably the most important thing you can do is increase your physical activity. Now, if someone is at risk of falls already, should they be increasing their activity on their own, or should they be seeing a physical therapist to discuss what they can safely do to move from there? 
Well, it's always best to get an expert's input. It is certainly safe to start in a safe older adults exercise program in your community center. However, if you've been sedentary or you have had issues or you are having falls or you have any chronic diseases, and all of those pretty much include all of us over the age of 65, you should go and see your primary care doctor and or your physical therapist and get cleared for exercise. A lot of times, a physical therapist can tailor an exercise program to you that will abate your personal fall risks rather than trying to abate all fall risks. So your exercises are targeted for your own needs, and that's a great place to start. Make sure as you're getting ready to discharge from physical therapy that your PT helps you to choose the next step which is best for you. I'm sure it varies from physical therapist to physical therapist or physician to physician, but in general, if somebody's going to get their balance screened, what might that entail? Well, at the first visit, there will be a general evaluation that will look at your muscular strength, your joint mobility, the way that you walk, the way that you function, how you move between positions, and if you're having any pain complaints. Then it will focus on issues that affect your balance, such as your strength, your balance system, and your vestibular system. So everything works together, and the physical therapist can help break down where the issues are for you. So they may have you do some balance tests where they ask you to stand on one foot or to stand, sit up and sit down a number of times or get up and walk a distance. We have a number of well-documented, validated, objective tests that can tell you where you fall on the spectrum of fall risk. Now, obviously, based off of what you just said, we want people to go in, see a physical therapist, see a physician, have their balance screen. But let's say I'm in my early 50s, let's say I'm mid-risk for falls, but I think my balance is good, I think I'm fine, I don't really think there's a problem. Is there anything I should pay attention to at home or just a simple test I could do at home to really see, should I be this confident or actually do I have less balance control than I really think that I do? Well, probably one of the simplest and safest things that we can all do is stand in the kitchen by the kitchen sink with our arms at our sides close enough to the sink so that if we lose our balance, we can grab hold and see how long we can stand on one foot. We should be able to stand on the right foot for at least 10 seconds without losing balance and the same on the left. A lot of us will tend to only test one side. You have to be careful to test both sides and you want to make sure that you're not having any difficulty maintaining that unilateral stance for 10 seconds without grabbing the kitchen sink. If you have some trouble with that, you can always redo it a few times. And it may tell you that it can become a routine for you to do to improve your unilateral stance as well as to test it. If I'm doing that test, what do I need to do with my off leg, the leg I'm not standing on? Do I need to lift it up behind me? Can I lift it in front of me? How high off the ground does that leg need to be? Just a few inches off the ground. A lot of people are more comfortable just bending the knee and putting the foot behind them. Some people will tend to pull the knee up and have the foot hanging in front of them. Really, you just have to clear the floor enough so that you're not touching it. If a physical therapist has identified a balance problem, can you take me through maybe some typical exercises that they might do to help someone regain their balance? 
Well, it's really difficult to say because it depends what your personal issue is. It could be everything from having crystals developing on your inner ear and requiring some maneuvers to clear those crystals and get rid of the vertigo so that when you roll in bed, you're no longer dizzy. It could be just that your quadriceps or the muscles on the front of your legs and the side of your legs have weakened over time with disuse and with some aging, and you may have some specific functional closed-chain exercises such as lunges or tandem walking or cross-legged walking or a lot of things that both task your balance and increase your lower extremity strength. Your goal is to prevent falls altogether for someone who is at risk for falling, and maybe they've fallen already. Is there such a thing as falling safely? Is there anything someone, if they know that they're at risk for falls, should keep in mind to where they can potentially avoid maybe that devastating hip injury or some of these others, or is that unrealistic? Well, there's a lot of debate about it. I certainly take my clue from the martial arts, and I believe the Chinese and the Japanese martial arts have worked very hard at teaching people how to fall and how to diffuse the injury. And when people really want to learn how to fall properly, that's where I send them. So I think doing a Tai Chi class is an excellent choice for that. As we age, probably the best Tai Chi to begin with, if you have not been doing any martial arts, is Tai Chi moving for better balance that is designed just for the older adult. From there, you can move on to other forms. What about a family member who they're living with someone who's at risk for falls? What should they do to either make the living space safer or to encourage the person that they're living with to have better balance and be less at risk for falls? Well, first of all, if you're living with someone, of course, you have to make sure that they're ready to hear what you have to say. <laughs> That's not always the case. It's always good advice, right. <laughs> oh, may not be ready, especially if they're our own family member. However, when they are ready, certainly making safety changes in the home would probably be the easiest place to start. Making sure that area rugs are secured or removed, making sure the grab bars are in the bathroom fit the user. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in and found grab bars that were placed perfectly for the five foot eleven workman who installed them and not for the five foot woman who was using them. So making sure that the environment fits the user is very important. We have found interestingly that simply using higher toilet decreases some of the orthostatic hypotension people experience at nighttime. We've found that self activated night lights that are flush to the wall do not protrude to be a trip hazard themselves are very important. Many people are beginning to now look at flooring. Compliant flooring such as carpet or real wood or some of the laminates are much softer to land on than ceramic tile. And so sometimes making sure that what you're going to hit may not cause fracture. And then of course many people are going back to looking at wearing hip protectors. Now this is something that may be difficult to recommend to somebody else to decide, but it's kind of like wearing a girdle that has big pads over the area of the hip that are exposed, and they have been shown to decrease fracture after fall. The other things that you can do, probably the two most critical for a loved one, would be to encourage 
increased physical activity and social interaction. As we age, we sometimes become socially isolated. We stop working. We stop driving. We self-limit due to the fear of falls. And just increasing outings, social activity, and physical activity are probably the most important things that you can do for a family member to decrease their fall risk. So reading between the lines there, if I am that family member and I maybe don't want to have that difficult conversation, the simplest thing I could do is just start proposing things out and about more, assuming the person, my loved one, was safe to be out and about just to encourage that activity, correct? Absolutely. Now, I assume that you take the attitude that once you've had the first fall, it's essentially too late to start being concerned about balance. So we should stop start thinking about balance even earlier than that. Is it a symptom-based thing? If someone starts to feel like they're losing their balance, that's when they should take it seriously. Is it an age thing? I ask this question because lifestyle changes can sometimes be the hardest to implement. We unfortunately tend to wait for the worst-case scenario and then take something seriously, whether it's obesity or cardiovascular health, et cetera. So what milestone or point can we give people to look toward to basically say, as of this point, they should really start to take their balance seriously? Well, of course, it's very difficult to self-assess and be self-aware because changes happen so slowly over time, and we start adapting to them. So sometimes this is a point where the family member needs to be the observer. Any time that somebody starts to cruise on furniture, reach for a wall where there's no railing to get input for their balance, shows a marked decrease in their gait velocity. You know, mom used to walk along with me at my comfort pace, and now she's grabbing my arm and asking me to slow down. Those are markers that balance has gone awry. Also, we should tell from ourselves when we start to walk, are we able to walk and talk, or is that becoming a challenge? Do we need to watch the floor where before we just scanned and looked back up? Are we grabbing for things? Do we start to wonder if we should take the old cane out of the closet that we used years ago and try that again? Those are all indications that balance is really deteriorated markedly and they really need to have intervention. Excellent. Minnie Renfro, thank you for the great advice and thank you for your time. Thank you very much. To access a physical therapist's guide to falls, visit moveforwardpt.com. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.